Tom Shanklin here with my lovely wife, Susan. Yes. And we're glad to be with you today. We're going to be sharing about how to hear God's voice in turbulent times. Uh, anybody out there going through any turbulent times? Uh-huh. And sometimes when, when you're going through something tough in your family or in your finances or your health, it's hard to hear the voice of the Lord. But it's essential that we learn to hear the voice of the Lord. So we're going to encourage you in that today. You know, when you listen to the news, it sure freaks you out. Yeah, you know, I think we can listen to too much news. Yeah. 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 I mean, just enough to, so you know what's going on. But uh, spend more time in the Word of God, mm. and uh, you'll be a lot healthier, praise God. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the keys to hearing God's voice as we're going to, as we're going to learn. Um, I want to read a story from the Old Testament about a man of God named Elijah, the prophet of God. And uh, well, let me just read the scripture here to begin with, and then we'll kind of give you the backstory on this. He, that is Elijah, came to a cave and camped there, and the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, Why are you here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord. Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Oh, He was having a pity party. And he said, Go and stand in the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind split the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake came, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire came, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a cloak and went out and stood in the entrance to the cave. Praise God. A still, small voice. You know, it's interesting that there was a wind, you know, there was an earthquake, there was all these things happening, there was fire, but the Bible said God was not in those things. God was in the still, small voice. And you know, many times when we're in a quandary and we don't know the answer to some situation and we know God has the answer and we're seeking him, we want something very dramatic. We want somebody to, some prophet to call us on the phone and give us a word. Or we, or we want a sign, you know. We want, we want to put out a fleece and have a sign. Uh, God would give us a sign, you know. And he does those things. Or we want mm-hmm. an angel to come, you know. And, and we know from the word of God that there are times when God gives very dramatic guidance. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, he speaks to us through the still, small voice. In the quietness of our heart, you know. And Elijah had to get away from everything, all the distractions and everything that was hindering him and come to the mountain of God to hear the word of the Lord. You know, sometimes we don't have a mountain, but we have the front seat of our car. Yeah. Or we have a garage. Or, or, a, we base, have a... or a basement. I've gone in my basement and prayed once in a while. Mm. You like it down there, I know. No. <laughs> I don't like basement. But just to give you a little background here, Elijah, of course, was a... A great man of God. You can read about him in First Kings, beginning in the 17th chapter. But he was just a man. He was just he a was, man. But he was, he was just was a great. man. The point I want to make is he was greatly used of God. 
you know. Yeah, he was just he was just a normal person though. I mean, we think these men of God were came from God and they came out of the womb. Men of God And you're gonna see his frailties, <laughs> you know, in this story because the tremendous way that God used him, the anointing you know, he was, There's women he was of God, too, anointing. you know. Well, I know. <laughs> You're making Just... it hard on me here. Praise <laughs> God. You can tell this is unrehearsed. <laughs> but Elijah had the word of the Lord, and he went to King Ahab, and he says, it's not going to rain until I say so. Hmm. And, of course, then he was in trouble with the king, and he had to hide out. And he went to a brook, and ravens fed him there, and he ended up going to the widow's house, and, and God supernaturally fed him through the widow. And then he raised the widow's uh, child from the dead. But it came time when the Lord spoke to Elijah to go back to Ahab. So he went back to Ahab and says, well, it's going to rain now. But first call together those prophets of Baal, 450 of them, and uh, we'll go up to the mountain there and we'll have a sacrifice. And so these prophets of Baal, they were prophets of a false god. And of course, uh, in Israel, they were servants of the living God, Jehovah God. And Elijah was the prophet of the true and living God. So he's going to have a confrontation with these prophets of Baal. And so they come together and they, they set up a sacrifice. The prophets of Baal set up their sacrifice and kill a, 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 a calf, you know, and... and and uh, Elijah sets up his altar, repairs the altar of the Lord. And he says, okay, who, whatever God answers by fire, let him be your God. So all the people, the people of Israel, are standing round about. And, and Elijah says, how long will you halt between two opinions? Make up your mind. If you're going to follow Baal, follow him. If you're going to follow the Lord, follow him. That's a good lesson right there, you know. We need to just decide if we're going to go all out for the Lord or if we're going to compromise. And there's a lot of compromise today, even in the church, you know. And, and uh, the Lord is saying, make up your mind. If you're going to follow me, follow me all the way with all your heart. Amen. So they had this, this scenario. They had this, this set, these two altars set up. And Elijah says, whoever's God answers by fire, let him be God of Israel. So the prophets of Baal, they cut themselves and they did all their incantations and they did everything they knew to, to do. And, and nothing worked. And nothing happened. I think one of the paraphrased Bible says, is your God uh, gone to the bathroom? It's a, kind of funny there. But Elijah made fun of him. And then he set up his altar. He says, okay, pour water on it. So they poured all this water until it was drenched. And then Elijah prayed. And God sent fire from heaven, consumed the sacrifice. And then Elijah told him, don't let any of these prophets of Baal go. You know, grab hold of them. And then he slew the prophets of Baal. It was a bloody day. It was a bloody day. But then the king's wife, Jezebel, said, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, Elijah. That's uh, okay. Keep going. And, and then I'm going to interrupt you. The Bible says he ran for his life. You see, he was just an ordinary man. He was just an ordinary man. But you know, the thing is, is he, 
when he was doing these great exploits and he's prophesying to the king and he's calling down fire from heaven, he was under the anointing of God. He was operating in the anointing. And, but, you know, I believe he became very tired and weary, you know. I mean, just think about it. You know, he he's, goes through all this experience and then this woman speaks, I'm going to kill you. And he was in fear. The spirit of fear came upon him. And the, and the Bible said he ran for his life. And he sat down by a juniper tree and just waited there to die, you know. And so while he's there, an angel comes and gives him some angel food cake. <laughs> and, you know, he's... he's they're ready to starve to death, but the angel gives him his supernatural food. Then he goes back to sleep again. The angel wakes him up again, gives him some more angel food cake. And the Bible tells us that he went on the strength of that food oh, that sugar. the angel had given him uh, to for 40 days. Mm. And that's when he came to the mountain, Mount Horeb. Now, Mount Horeb is the place where Moses met with God. So Elijah's going back to his spiritual roots He's going back to the place where the law was given. You know, the, the law that he's trying to tell the people to obey, the God that he's calling the people back to. So he goes back to that place to meet with God. He needed a word from God. So he goes to this mountain, and he's in the cave, and God calls him out, and here comes the, you know, here comes the fire and the earthquake and the wind. But God was not in those things. God was in the still small voice. And you know, God has a still small voice for you in the midst of the turbulence of your time. Mm -hmm. He will speak to your heart. He will speak to you down on the inside. You know, you may not get a vision of angels. Notice the angel came and gave him this food, but the angel didn't give him a message. He needed to hear directly from the Lord. And they needed to hear through that quiet, still small voice. So I've got just three thoughts I want to share with you today about how to hear God's voice in turbulent times. And the first thing is establish your relationship with the Lord. In John chapter 10, Jesus makes the statement, my sheep hear my voice. Hmm. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You see, if we want to hear God's voice, we need to be followers of the Lord. We need to know the good shepherd. And you see, our relationship with God is based on what Jesus did for us on the cross. The Bible mm -hmm. makes it very clear that our fellowship with the Lord is because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ at Calvary. First uh, John chapter 1 verse 7 says, if you walk in the light as he's in the light, you'll have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. Hebrews 10:19 says that we are to have boldness to enter into the holiest place by the blood of Jesus. So why can we expect to hear from God? It's because Jesus died for our sins so we could be forgiven, so we could be reconciled to God. Because without that reconciliation, our sins separate us from God. We can't hear it's like what heaven. he has to say having earplugs in. Yeah. So the, the most important thing is, you know, to be born again. Amen. By accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
and then living in fellowship with him. See, you can be born again, but you're not really living in fellowship with him. Mm-hmm. If you have unconfessed sin, if you're not following the Lord, then pretty soon his voice gets really dull because you're not in fellowship with the Lord. It's a world wax. World wax, yeah. World wax one. So, well, you know, like World War One, World, oh, World yeah. yeah, never mind. World wax. World wax. W-W. So, yeah, the world gets in there and plugs up your ears so you can't hear. So we need to live in fellowship with him, but we need to understand that it's the blood that makes us worthy to enter into his presence. We can't come in by being good enough or trying harder. We've got to believe in what Jesus did for us. We've got to learn to appropriate that forgiveness and stay sensitive before the Lord. And then the second thing is that we need to get rooted in the Word of God. And I'd like to share a scripture here from the book of Hebrews in the fourth chapter. You should put markers in your Bible. Yes. For the Word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, Mm. piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit of joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's the wax picker outer. Yeah. The Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. You know, it's just coming to mind. You know, one of my heroes of faith is Smith Wigglesworth. Mm. And they he said... He was an ordinary man. He was a plumber. An edu- uneducated plumber from Bradford, England. And yet, God used him in mighty ways, even to raise the dead. And But one of the things that in his life was... His wife. His wife. His <laughs> wife was a very important part of his life, too. But in... And she actually helped him get back with the Lord. She, he got away from the Lord at one time. But his habit was to read the Word, basically, continually. They said that he wouldn't really go even a half hour without reading the Word of God. He's always going back, opening up his Bible, reading something, meditating upon it. And, you know, you mentioned about about the news. Uh, he wouldn't even allow a newspaper in his house. Mm. Well, I'm not telling you you have to be exactly like, Smith Wigglesworth. We're not to copy someone. No. But we can learn from them. Mm -hmm. And he lived on the Word of God. He continually meditated on the Word of God. You know, I heard about another story from a man of God named uh, Terry Law. And Terry Law had a ministry behind the Iron Curtain during the time that, you know, it was communist controlled. And he uh, traveled with a, a a band, a singing band, and he evangelized. But they traveled by train for hours and hours and hours to go to different venues. And he said during that time when he was traveling by train, he would open up his Bible and he would just meditate scriptures. He would confess them over and over and over again. And he said it was during that time that God began to speak to him in powerful ways and give him words of knowledge. So Mm -hmm. you see, actually, the gifts of the Spirit were activated because he was taking in the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. You know what goes in is going to come out. That's right. 
And when you're hearing God's voice through here, it tunes you, it tunes your spiritual ear to what he's saying by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And one thing about this verse, it says it discerns or judges between the soul and the spirit. There is a difference between the soul and the spirit. And one of the most important things that we need to do in order to hear God's voice is we need to know the difference between the voice of the soul and the voice of the spirit. I find that hard. That is a real challenge because our our soul voice can be very loud. You see, this is what was happening with Elijah. His emotions were going haywire, right? Mm. He was under a spirit of fear. You know, he's, oh, nobody, you know, nobody's loving the Lord. I'm the only one. And the Lord had to tell him, no, there's 7,000 that haven't bowed their knees. See, we we need to hear God's voice. But many times our soul voice is blocking the voice of God. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in fear or we're in anger. You know, we've got something going on inside of our thoughts that's hindering us from hearing from God. You know, I think of the, the verse in Proverbs that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So even in the Proverbs there it says, You've got to get in touch with your heart, with your innermost being. And you see, the, the, the soul and the spirit, they're so closely aligned that it's very difficult to distinguish the two. Oh, well, it's your person. Yeah, well, I believe that the spirit is your real person, but then your, your, your mind and your emotions are, you know, that's your soul. The word soul is, in the, in the Greek, it's suke, which is the root of our word psychology. And so many people think of people man, women, as two-part beings, body and soul. But according to the word of God, we are spirit, soul, and body. And the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is the part of us that connects with God. That's your true being. That's the true you. The true me. Like Jesus said, they that worship the Father must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, it's very easy to be soul-ruled, to be led by your emotions. Mm. You can be led by negative emotions or positive emotions. You can just be excited about something. Oh, that's God. I've got to do that, God. You know, but really you're being led by your emotions. It's something that you want to do. Amen. Mm. So the third thing is we need to learn to quiet our soul and hear from the Lord. You know, in Psalm Uh, 46 uh, verse 10 it says be still and know that I am God I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth you know in this time of turmoil that we're living in it's so easy to just lose our bearings you know there's just so much chaos in the world and if we focus on that then we'll be in chaos too but God says no just be still And know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, God's going to bring this all out. You know, sometimes, though, in reality, we don't want to be still. You know, it's it's not it's not in our nature just 
to get quiet. If we have something going on out here, the last thing we want to do is, is take a breath and sit down and have our ears open to God. It's just not something that we want to do because we were uh, actionary. Is that a word? Actionary. Actionary. Well, it's a new word. It's a new word. It's know. a new actionary. Well, you know, we also, just want to respond. Yeah, we're, we're also verbal. We always oh. want to talk. Mm. We, wanna we just want to say talk what about, ever, talk about whatever comes to our, our lips. Yeah. And we don't want to wait a half a silly second and 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 control that and i'm speaking for myself yeah you know you just want to fly off and that's the way we are in our prayer life we just want to keep talking to god about our problem <laughs> talking about how hard it is you know talking about what's going on what they did okay. to me okay you know and, and god says okay i got the memo you know i have well I, he knows it already he already knows it so I'm what having a hard time, do? We God. Need to, we need to quiet our heart and know that he is God, you know. Know that he's working on our behalf, you know. Well, you know, instead of saying, what does Susan want to do, we should be saying, God, what do you want to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Yeah. I think that's called, you know, maturity in your prayer life. Hmm. Because then, you know, when... I'm getting old, Tom. When we're young in the Lord, we're, we come with our list. Lord, here's my list that I need you to do. To-do list. To-do list. Honey-do honey list. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're my honey. <laughs> and, of course, God loves you, and, and yeah. he does those things. But he wants us to come to a place where we come into his presence and hear what he has to say about mm. things, you know. Yeah. And he'll speak to us with a still, small voice. And, you know, sometimes that still small voice is, it, it's, not, it's not necessarily even a direction. It's just peace. He just speaks peace mm. to our hearts. Like this morning I, I prayed and I was seeking the Lord. And I, then I just heard the Lord saying, I am with you. Well, you know, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, he didn't give me any grand schemes about uh, where we're going to evangelize next. or He just said, I'm with you. Well, I needed to hear that. You know, and sometimes it's just that he just speaks in a still small voice and lets us know he's with you. I think we should skip lunch and sit down and meditate. What do you think? Sure, sounds good. That's the the voice of our, our body too is always speaking. Yes. You know, it's time for lunch. <laughs> time for lunch. And uh but we need to quiet our soul and listen to the Lord, you know. He's got something good to say to you and he loves you very much and you know jesus said i will not leave you comfortless i will come to you so when jesus died of course he rose from the dead and then he ascended to heaven but he says okay now that's not the end i'm coming to you how did he come to us he come to us by the holy spirit another translation says i will not leave you fatherless orphans i will not leave you like orphans you see you're not an orphan if you if you believe in jesus you have a relationship with your Heavenly Father. And your Heavenly Father will never leave you nor forsake you. And it, even if you've fallen into sin, if you turn back to him and confess that sin, he will come and he will refresh you. Scripture said, repent 
and be converted so that times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Do you have number three? That was, I didn't do number three, quiet your spirits. The first one was establish your relationship with God through the blood of Jesus. The second one, get grounded in the word of God. The third one was quiet your soul and get in contact with your spirit. Your spirit, man, connects with God. That's where we hear from God. That's where we receive from God. That's where we believe God. And so get your spirit tuned up. One way you can do that, too, is to pray in the spirit. So we pray with our understanding, and we pray in the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide your prayers, and he will fill you up, and you'll come into that place of peace and rest where you can hear from the Lord. I'm trying to get out of the sun. That's why I'm leaning back. Mm. I think maybe this way would be better. Praise God. So we want to pray with you before we sign off here. Let you know that God really loves you. You might be Mm. going through the worst trial of your life. Mm -hmm. And maybe you've been screaming out to God. Mm -hmm. And he says, just be still. Mm -hmm. And know that I am God. I'm there for you. And I will answer you. Amen. In the quietness of your heart. How nice. How nice. Dear Father, I pray for everyone that's watching today. Yes, Lord. I pray, first of all, that they would receive Jesus Christ as Mm -hmm. their Lord of their lives. Surrender their life to him and follow him. And say, Jesus is Lord. In fact, if you've never done that, just say these words. Just say, Dear Father. Dear Father. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. I believe he rose again. And I confess today. And I confess today. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus Christ is my Lord. And I will follow him. And I will follow him. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you've never been baptized, talk to somebody, talk to a pastor. Or someone who can baptize you in water. Amen. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Get involved in a good church mm. where you can be taught the Word of God. And God's going to bless your life. Praise God. I want you to just lift your hands and receive from the Lord. Lord, we just release that peace that passes all mm. understanding. To come upon your people now as they're watching. Holy Spirit, speak mm. in the quietness of their heart. Let that anointing come, that still, small voice. You know their need, Lord. Speak to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. It's been great to be with you. See you next time. Bye.